This episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. Hello, I'm Toronto Mike, producer of Humble and Fred. This best of is proudly brought to you by DraftKings. Bet online legally and safely with DraftKings Sportsbook. Remember Rob Ford? Wow, what a tumultuous run as mayor of Toronto. Between being mayor and passing away in 2016, Rob Ford visited Humble and Fred. Look at, there he is. Looking good there, Mayor. Come on over here. There he is. He's looking great, man. That's Phil. Right. Robbie, what a pleasure to see you again, my friend. Robbie, good to see you. Thanks for coming here. It's going good. Man. No. I haven't, you know. Okay. Do you need so you don't want a coffee or something? How are you, sir? This is Dan, my chief of staff. I know Dan. Dan, where do we know each other from? From News Talk. Dan used to be you were a producer there, weren't you? Oh, that's right. That's right. Because when Dan walked in before, I'm like, I know that dude. Uh, he's one of those guys that's always got the phone in his ear thing. Yeah, he's a pretty cool dude. You know, Dan. Secret Service, almost. Yeah, no, he does. Uh-huh. Yeah. Way to get out of radio. Yeah. Uh, please welcome to our program. Uh, really, it's, it's it's very uh, it's not very often that somebody will walk into the studio that really doesn't need much of an introduction. It's Rob Ford. Come on, yeah. uh-huh. there he is. Uh, let's just tell everyone how great you look. <laughs> Get right uh, up close. Well, there you've uh, done radio before. I've done radio. You're a veteran. That's right. Many many years ago with you guys. Um, well, you had your own show for a while on News Talk 1010. Yeah, we we were doing uh, quite a few things, but no, uh, I'm doing good. Uh, everyone knows I I had uh, cancer. Uh, it was about fifty fifty whether I was going to make it or not, um, and. Thanks to the doctors at uh, Mount Sinai and Princess Margaret, um, I think I'm pulling through. I, I still have a drain in me to drain the fluid, and um, that's why I was running a little late. But you know what? It's, uh, it's I'm, I'm happy to be alive. Put it that way. Yeah. But you walk in here in a tracksuit, right? Obviously, you're you're exercising. I I would assume. I know I have I have a belt that I have to wear. Oh, I see. Around me, and I can't wear. Oh, because suit. obviously you're down some significant weight, and your your face looks good. Like yeah. you lost weight in your face, and you've yeah. got color, and I've you lost look a good. Few pounds. Yeah, I've got a long ways to go, but I'm on the right path. Absolutely. I, I you know I saw you in person about a year ago, but the last time you actually sat down on a show I was hosting was the a couple days before the election. Uh, in the fall of whatever it was that you became mayor, 2010. 2010. Yeah. And, uh, and you came in with a huge entourage of people. But I got to tell you, looking at you now, because you were sort of sitting mm-hmm. in the same place, you, you really do look fantastic. I, I'm not just saying that. I appreciate that. I, 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 we have a thousand questions. I know we only have you for a short time. No, but that's... one of the things that I've often wondered when somebody gets that diagnosis, you know, after all the things that had happened in your life, at that point, when, a, when you were not feeling well, you were running for mayor re-election, and a doctor says to you, you know, Rob, 
uh, I got some uh, news for you here. It's not very good. We think you have this ex- very aggressive type of stomach cancer, right? Yeah, it was sarcoma. Sarcoma. Yeah, it's, it's, but but what what is? Can you can you help articulate what that moment's like for someone? Um, when I first found out, I had a severe cramp for months and. And didn't go to the doctor? And didn't go to the doctor. Right. I was in the middle of a campaign. I, mm-hmm. I was running for re-election, and I just kept, okay, it's a pulled muscle or doing something. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a guy thing, too. I think women are a little more proactive when it comes mm-hmm. to going to the doctor and yeah, doing that sort of exactly. thing. Guys kind of go, ah, I can live through it. Yeah, it's probably nothing. It's, Maybe it's cancer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I, I went over to Humber, and um, they did a, put me in the room, did a CAT scan, and I'll never forget the doctor said, do you want anyone else in the room? There was a room like this, just a small little room, waiting room. And as soon as he said that, I knew it was cancer. I just knew it. And then he closed the door, and there was no one else in the room. And he says, I've got bad, bad news for you. He says, well, we're sending you right down to Princess Margaret now. You've got uh, a size of a grapefruit tumor in you. It's malignant. Um, and uh, we don't know if you're going to make it or not. If I may just follow up, like you went in for a test. Uh, house it wasn't from, even a test. So for a CAT scan. It was just a CAT scan because of my pain in my stomach. So mm-hmm. you, basically, you, you went into the hospital. You finally said, okay, this hurts enough. I have to do something. And within an hour, let's say. And literally an hour. Um, literally an hour. I was on my way to uh, Princess Margaret that fast. They called the family and... So what's going through your mind? Um, survival. Just yeah. like my kids, my family. I didn't know uh, what's going on. It sort I, of resets your priorities, too. Eh? Here you are. In a no, absolutely. It's like absolutely. That, none of that matters now. Yeah, but I saw my dad die of cancer. My yeah. mom had three bouts of cancer. There's been cancer through our family. So um, was I really shocked? I, I wasn't really shocked because I knew... One of us are going to get it at the kids. It's just, mm-hmm. that's how it works. Uh, but but an hour isn't a lot of time, because a lot of us sort of benefited by the media's covering of your cancer, because now we were introduced to this this uh, term and the kind of, but, but you in that hour on your way, now you're on your way to a, a cancer hospital. Did they, did you, were you made aware of this wasn't just like, oh, don't worry, Rob, it's got a 90% cure rate. You were basically 50-50 to live. Were you aware of that at the point? uh, Yeah, it was a little bit. Odds were probably more 30, 70 from what I've uh, been told through the doctors. And when I got to Princess Margaret and they put chemo into me, five rounds of chemo, 30 rounds of radiation. And they said, you're going under the knife, uh, about 11 hour operation. And they just cut me from here right down and took out everything. And... Said, we hope there's no more tumors. And I went back, what was it, two weeks ago, and there's no more tumors. So, uh, yeah, I've been just concentrating. But what happened on the car down, I broke down. Um, you know, I just lost my mind in the, in the car. Went going from Humber Hospital down to Princess Margaret within that hour. I just, you know. Which you can understand. How old are your kids, too? Uh, Ten and eight. So old enough that. Oh, they knew. They knew something yeah. was wrong. And how did you handle that? Because, you know, I think all of us can say that. The first thing that would go through your head, of course, your your wife, but your kids. They they knew. And by the time they got to the hospital, they knew. Mm-hmm. My wife explained to them and my, my mom and my brother. And um, it was uh, just everyone was just bawling. And I said, I'm trying to keep it together. But I, I just good. I said, you know what? We're going to get through this. And um, 
that's it. Yeah, and it's that feeling of helplessness because it's not something that you can just fix over. Oh, yeah. Well, and also, you, yeah. you, you quickly went through the timeline of the radiation and the chemo and, and the operation. But that, what you just said, that was, conde- that was a, that was a 15 month, you condensed it all into 20 seconds. But that was the, 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 the rest of your life from that moment you get the diagnosis, all the things that had happened prior to that, and we're going to talk about some of them and the focus of the, of the world on you, all of a sudden now it's a narrow tunnel of focus of, I just have to get through this thing somehow, hopefully. And now, now you're a cancer patient. If you're no longer a mayoral, mayoral candidate or the mayor, you're a guy with cancer and you got to fix that. Uh, yeah, you're it becomes right. becomes your full-time job. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm at the hospital a lot. My, a nurse comes over every morning uh, to change my dressing, like to take it out and put it back in. And So, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. But you know what? Uh, through what I've been through and what my family's been through, um, I'm not being conceited. But uh, it's going to take a lot more than cancer to knock me out of this world. And... The reaction, too, because prior to this, I mean, the city was pretty polarized as far as who likes Rob Ford and who doesn't like Rob Ford. <laughs> There's only two types Poli- of people. Yeah. They, either, they either like me or they hate <laughs> right. you. Know? Exactly. Polarized is a great word. Yeah. So then you get cancer. What was the, the feeling like the reaction? Because even the detractors, some came on board. Or was there any cruelty through this? Too? Not at all. You know okay. what? There was thousands and thousands of calls and cards and people wanting to get out in the hospital. It, it, was, it, was, it was chaos because, you know, I, go, I looked out the window of my hospital room and it was packed with, all, with everybody. And people who don't respect my politics or right. may not like my views still came out and uh, I want to thank each and every person um, that wished me well because sometimes and that obviously when you're ill that means a lot it means a for lot for sure yeah, and, means and, a lot. Mm-hmm. and what Fred said uh, there's there, whatever the word beyond polarizing is, is is the way people felt about you you were such a lightning rod for a lot of different topics and groups but it, it was interesting to us as guys that were broadcasting doing this show uh, to see that there were that was that, that it brought out the heart in people, and I'm going to say a lot of people f- who had empathy for you before because of your struggles. I think they felt like you know he doesn't deserve this because it's not like you found you had like some kind of cancer that was oh I'll just treat it while I'm campaigning. You basically had to come to a decision that was getting to my next question to basically stop running because you couldn't do that anymore. Was- How quickly did you make that decision? That was done in two days. I just... Well, it's just I, not it's physically just, possible. I, I, yeah. I, and the doctor said, you're going nowhere. You're not running. You're, it's it's done. And I couldn't comprehend, like, you know, I was saying, what size is the tumor and where is it going? And, and they said, well, we can tell right now. It's a CAT scan. They did a biopsy to make sure it was malignant, not benign. And uh, they said, this is, this is very serious, and you might not make it through. And, you know, a, a common reaction for people that are diagnosed with cancer is and this would really apply to you is i don't have time for this like where did this come from and i just don't have time to stop down for this and to your point yeah after all the, the shit i've been through yeah it's like this on cancer top of <laughs> yeah. that's what that would have been me I, really yeah cancer yeah i would have said are you kidding do you know what i've been through here the last 22 months <laughs> are you gonna give me a big tumor where's the tumor by the way today is the tumor live Somewhere in a jar, in a jar. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's so it's been a pretty rough year. I um, definitely, but 
you know, when I when I went to rehab and stuff like that, when I was when I was uh, drinking and doing coke, and you know that well, that's self afflicted. So I don't anyone want to feel sorry for me for that. But I cleaned up myself, and then. You know, it's uh, so like the the first time you were on our show would have been what two thousand one, two thousand two. No, we we it was after. I I don't recall Rob on the edge, but I do recall having Rob on somewhat frequently before Oakley took over for us. <laughs> um, and, and I remember the first issue. It was Rob was the only counselor who wasn't using his right. council budget. For food and shit. But that was 2001, 2002. 2001. It was 2002. Were you doing drugs then? Done drugs pretty well my whole life. Really? So that, it was... Not every day. No, but it wasn't the problem that it became at that point. You were masking it pretty Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't using it. You know, I'd Mm -hmm. go up to the cottage or go go up there and, you know, have a few drinks. But I'm an alcoholic. I can't have one drink. I can't stop. When I start, I can't. And then by the time, you know, two sixers down or almost the forties down, then everything else is just like, okay, let's keep going. And you, you know, you're doing a couple of lines here and everything. And then everyone's just, it's well, just like one huge drug, party. You, you build up tolerance for it. So maybe so, you were doing it occasionally. Right. I know a lot of people like that and they're, right. they were sort of controlling it. And then at some point it starts to control them. But in retrospect now, because you know, a lot of people beat up on you right, right away. And then there was a lot of people and I was in that group that hey give the guy the benefit of the doubt when you were coming out and saying hey i don't do drugs and your brother said you know i've never seen uh, uh, rob take a drink that that wasn't the truth no absolutely so in retrospect do you you feel bad about that because a lot of people lined up behind you based on that information and it turned out to be wrong i didn't know i didn't know i was an alcoholic i didn't know okay Because I wasn't doing it every day. I I Mm -hmm. thought, you know what I mean? Once a month I can get away with it. Okay, no problem. And it it wasn't any more than that. But Mm -hmm. it was just that for, you know, a few years. And then, um, of course I'm going to lie. How how else? I'm the mayor of the city. Someone's going to come up and say... Oh yeah, we got a video of you. Okay, well show me the video. There's still not a video, but anyways, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> what am I gonna? That's know? funny. Yeah. Remember when it first came out? Some guy released a video that proved that it could your head could be superimposed on somebody else. Do you remember that video? Because I bought into that thinking, yeah, see, he's not. Someone doctored so, that they're, video. They're after his ass. That's not fair. Um, but I want to talk yeah. a little bit about the addiction process because I've been around a lot of people who. You know, and I've seen it in, you know, in my, in my own self. And I, when I turned 40, I had never had wine. I just didn't like it. You know, I had other drinks, but I'd never drink, drank wine. And then I'd have a glass of wine, and it would, I'd, that's all I could take. I'd be intoxicated. But you build up a tolerance after 15 years since I turned 40 where it's insidious. It sneaks up on you, and all of a sudden you're on your second bottle with your buddies. You're like, Jesus, I'm not even getting a buzz, which is why I empathize with what you went through, but also realize as an addict, what are you going to say? Uh, Mr. Mayor, have you ever done some coke? No. <laughs> mean, what am, what am yeah, I supposed to yeah, say? Yeah, I got some now. <laughs> but that's part of the addict's that's, life, is covering it up. And that's part of the process. And, you know, and I think that's part of the forgiveness, too, where everybody deserves a second chance. And we understand that now. And I guess the thing will be now that you're, as you say, you're cleaned up and you're on the road to uh, recovery. Take one day at a time. I know yeah. I didn't drink uh, yesterday, and I know I haven't drank today, and it's been 180 days since. So it's the longest time. It's been a, a year and a half, and, you know. Does mm. being sick, I know this is going to sound like a strange question. Does being sick 
help contribute to your sobriety because you were so sick. Complete opposite. Seriously, what do you I mean? just I just wanted to run away and just have a drink, have a drink and get high and just die. Just get away from mm-hmm. this cancer. Forget Complete it. opposite. It was even harder. And the doctor said, we know, you know, do not do not go out and drink. And I, I said, no, it's so. Did I you continue to, drinking after the diagnosis? No, I went to rehab. I went two months up to a, a rehab where you two would probably know a lot of the people that I was with. And really? You, oh, yeah. And I, you, you don't talk about the rehab. It's a very, sure. uh, it's very you know, personal. a screen stone. And uh, that's where it is. And it's a top-notch rehab center. And it's 60 days. And uh, after 30, they said, you're not ready to go. I said, okay. Well, when I'm ready to go, the doctors will tell me. So, yeah, it's, you'd be surprised how many people <laughs> have uh, an addiction to yeah. alcohol or drugs. Uh, you, you should be shocked. They work every day. You, you see them on certain... Well, what do they call those guys? Uh, there's a word for it. Functioning alcohol. Functioning alcohol. Yeah. Um, yeah. The big sort of issue was, well, the word is crack, too. Like, we, we had heard of politicians snorting cocaine, George W. Bush and all that. But the crack thing, when, when would you have first done crack? Because that, that's, that's a big leap, isn't it? No, it's 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 a free pace when, you know, you're, there's it's not crack. It's like you... It's cocaine you know, that's been it's, reduced it's, to a rock. Exactly. It's, it's good. So, yeah. Not that but I that, know that much about but, it, Rob. But that, <laughs> that's that, what it is. But that word is huge. But it's it's not crack. Like crack is shit, garbage. It's not even. Okay. It's like stuff. Oh, by the way, we never told so, you we're on an explicit channel. You can say whatever okay. you want. Yeah. So you're saying you never did crack per se? Well, what do you get? like? Crack is. But that's what they they call you, the crack mayor. They so. did say whatever they want. Right. Well, All I know is. Those days are gone. It's right. been 180 days, and you know you can call it crack, you can call it freebase, you can call it whatever you call it. But you know what? I know what Fred's getting at because you know mm-hmm. it, it seems like more of an Just inflammatory, inflammatory yeah. or inflammatory word, inflammatory. Uh, but uh, it really is just basically cocaine that's been reduced to a form that you can smoke. But but having said that, it is uh, it's pretty sensational as a word. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'd like to begin this segment. It's sensational when someone of your profile either is accused and eventually admits to doing a pretty... Um, that's, that's a crazy fucking thing. <laughs> it really is. So I want to ask you this, because I'm fascinated. I think um, Fred might be too, that at a time in 2011, 12, you're in the throes of addiction. You're drinking a lot. A lot of crazy, crazy things are happening that all lead to you being one of the most famous people on the planet for a time. Were you uh, aware of it? And, and in that throes of addiction, could you kind of look around and go, wow, this, this is crazy. I'm Tiger Woods famous. No, not at all. Like, how did it feel? Because I, I didn't feel like I was famous because I know thousands of people that are, you know, uh, I guess in my shoes, not, sure. not maybe mayor, but, you know, doing CEOs of companies, uh, professional hockey players, people that do a lot of media, um, do the exact same, if not worse than what I did. Oh, no, I'm, so talking, I, I I'm not talking oh, about yeah. what you were accused of. I'm not talking no, about just the drugs. Being, just being famous. The attention that was on our city and on you, not very many CEOs or any human beings can experience, um, have, uh, again, being known around the globe. I, I always thought that was a, a pretty strange spot for you to find yourself in a kid from Etobicoke. 
Including yeah, American late night TV. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't, uh, I'm not one in the, about all this fame stuff. I, I'm pretty uh, humble and. No, but it was pretty wild because I was saying this the other day, especially in the United States, you know, a lot of the stuff that was said about you, um, it was Toronto Mayor Rob Ford. Well, it got to the point where they didn't even preface it with Toronto Mayor. The name Rob Ford was known throughout definitely North America, but as Howard said, probably around the world. That's oh, yeah, that's I, famous. I, I, Maybe not for the right reasons, but that's pretty famous. No, it's mm-hmm. yeah, everywhere I go. Like I can't go anywhere. Down in Bahamas I went as soon as I got off the plane. All the border guys knew who I was. I went to Jamaica. They knew who I was. I go out on the beach, like I mean, in the middle of nowhere. And you're well received. The, these kids, oh, yeah. absolutely. You know, yeah. absolutely. Weren't you and I, Freddie? Were mm-hmm. we were with a uh, a group of people at a private box at a hockey game. I think it was last year. So maybe the year before. Mm-hmm. And I went to the washroom and I came back and I said to Fred, I said, I just saw Rob uh, in the hallway, and it was like. It was like, you know, like Jagger. It was pretty cool. It was like everybody sees you. And they don't give a shit about all the coke and crack. It's just like it's Rob Ford. And I watched you go back to your seat and everyone wanted a picture with you. The, the goodwill of folk. Uh, you, you seem to enjoy that. That's, I, I really appreciate the support. I have, I have a lot of support out there. And... Uh, you know, I, when people come up to me and stop me and want to take a picture with me, I'll stop and, you know, they're the boss. They, they just, you know, if they like me and uh, I appreciate it, I really do. And like I said, I'll, I'll do anything for them. So, uh, yeah, it just happens. I was at the Blue Jay game a couple of days ago and same thing, just mm-hmm. get mobbed. And Maybe. people feel good. And I'm sure when people see you, because, again, when you walked around that corner today, you you look good. That's what everyone and, says. Yeah. And it's got to make, you know what, you regardless of the history and what's surrounded this if you're human you feel good for you because i do i feel it, it it's really good to see you in good looking the way you do i appreciate like you're that. almost glowing don't you think no, like, every, i'm a little you know I, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a bit concerned personally because he's had a bunch of cancer and um, all the radiation yeah. looks better than i do <laughs> but glowing more than me you I'm know pregnant and exactly <laughs> And, you know, it becomes very political and a lot of uh, politically correct arseholes and everything that jumped all over you. I think the reason that a lot of people support you and continue to support you is because they could identify a lot of people as you, you know, have uh, family members that are alcoholics or have problems with drugs. It's, it's, it's real life. You know somebody. You know somebody. Of course does. you do. And that's the thing. And then, you know, when it becomes politicized, like you're the only one or how could you do this to Toronto? Well, that's not fair. No, that's, it's life. That's what I said. You yeah, know, I've had people apologize. I was shocked when I went up to the rehab. Yeah, people were coming up saying, "I'm sorry, I had to do that interview to you, but I'm just as bad as you." And I'm, I was like shocked on a few things. I, wow. I, I caught Rob. me right off guard, and they're apologizing to me after they just drilled me, called me every name under yeah. the sun, and they said, "Well, I had to do it. My producer was telling me to do it." But Rob, you can understand. Mm-hmm. Listen, and, and taking nothing away from what Fred said, and I agree with him. You know, politically or politics aside. But for a period of time, and I would say this as somebody that understands the, the addiction process and recovery a little bit, for a while there, you were out of control. That all that, there was a lot of behavior, saying things in the press, and, you know, of course, you got to deny the, the, the allegations and all the things that a lot of people, that you got to be, again, part of admitting, you know, the, one of the steps that, you know, knowing you wronged some people, because you did, a lot of people were embarrassed. Oh, I, uh, I, I, by I, your behavior, and that's there's 
they're not bad people. They just were. And you see, and you got to look back at it now. I mean, I've been doing some research. A lot of things happened under the influence of this addiction that embarrassed people. Yeah, in the last year, the first three years, I was, I was doing great. And in the last year... Things just, I guess, caught up to me. Yeah, was, was it at, pressure? At, I was at a, I'm pressure not, of the job? I'm not quite sure what it was. I was at bars, and I just lost it a few times, and I was getting in fights, and it was just like... I You're was, in the mayor's oh. office doing drugs and, and getting hammered at like 3 in the morning. That Burger Queen thing with the Patois, the best that was thing ever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> do you have some favorite moments? Like, uh, Can you look back on <laughs> the... When you were in your living room talking about fucking some guy up in the wrestling moves, like, honest to God, it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Oh, no, it's just when you're, when you're all messed up, it, Exactly. Right? It's, it's it's the addiction. It's not Rob Ford. That, that I, thing, yeah, that, who, who doesn't say something ridiculous right. when they've been drinking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. That, that thing in the living was that taken out of context. The thing in the living room where you were talking about messing that guy was it? Were you talking about wrestling? No, no, no. That, okay. that was just a joke, and somebody videoed it. They got a clip of it. But and that, then, that if, and given the recent history, it was used against you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and it was a, yeah. maybe it was a joke, but again, it's like you look back at a timeline, and all of it was kind of. And again, I'm not a rehab counselor, but I would say that a lot of it it's through a fog of of thinking you can hide what you're going through, and pretty soon in this world we live in, things catch up to you. The the what was the the rant in the restaurant and mm-hmm. the thing. Um, <laughs> Are you able now? Are you able able now through a, a clear uh, the clarity of sobriety? Do you ever sort of look back and go, "Yeah, man, like that was some pretty crazy shit." Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, I was uh, I was messed up. That's all I can say. In the you know, in the last year, it was it was bad. And my, my brother, I feel sorry for him. He was he was just trying to stick up for me and. You know the police, damage control. The police and I always chased me around in helicopters, and it it was like nuts. And you know, I trying to get away from these guys, and I'm thinking this is six million dollars later, and I just made you know didn't have any dope on me, and uh, you know, hopefully they didn't catch me drinking and driving, and it, just you know, you know, you mentioned your brother, and I said this a few th- times to Howard too, you know, blood's thicker than water, and that's yeah. a pretty good brother. He's the best guy but, around. No, really, because above all else, and again, you know, people could say, well, if he really loved Rob, he would have come clean, but still, I know the relationship with my brother, you do too. Uh, again, he's your brother, so you do what you think is best for him at the time. Yeah, and his was to protect you. I mean, that's pretty hard to argue with. You're not Behind the scenes, was, the scenes was he saying, Rob, you should be getting some help. Absolutely. Yeah. And I kept being, I, I, yeah. an addict, you're in denial all the time. You're in denial all the time mm-hmm. until you hit rock bottom. And that's when I realized, I said, you know what? I have to get away. And it wasn't anyone else forcing me to get away. I said, uh, in April 30th, I'm leaving. I said, and that was, was April getting, 30th of this year? No. Or last year? Last year. year. Yeah. And was rock bottom the diagnosis that you possibly could die? No, 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 no. I, I, I was in rehab, and then I got out of rehab. I was and running. Then for you got there, the diagnosis. And then okay. I got the cancer. You know, because, uh, and we had discussed this as well. Outside, say the cancer never happened, and you went to rehab. I mean, we had had this discussion. We thought, you know, if Rob Ford comes yeah. back clean and loses fifty pounds, he'll be mayor again, no problem, because you. You would be a sort of a role model of a yeah. guy that was down and then bounced back and, you know, well, what, what this we rebirth. Said at the time, yeah. what I, and I, I remember thinking this myself, that everyone loves 
the comeback story. Yeah. And while you were denying all these allegations, you know, and at the time, honestly, there was things you did that I was not a fan of. I'm not, I'm, I'm I don't not, blame I'm not, you. I don't, and but I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I loved everything you did and you're a crazy I, character. I, and I wouldn't want you to. And, 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 and I got to be honest, there was things on the show. I said, this guy's out of his mind. I heard you on the radio. I heard you <laughs> ripping me. Don't worry. I wasn't lost but, on him. But I did say, you know, because I'm a fan of politics and, and I, I love the eye. And I said, this if this man were smart, he would come come back looking like you look now. And I tell you what, I said, his detractors, he kicked their asses. Well, you know what? Just wait a couple of years. So uh, I'm on my way back and uh, losing weight. And um, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm pumped. I've never felt like this. And everybody who sees me says, man, you look different. You're completely yeah, different. There's, like, there's you're a completely, difference in your eyes. Yeah. And I, this oh, yeah, and, I don't, yeah. and I haven't saw that. And well, uh, from my what staff I, sees it and, and from, my family and friends, they say, you're a different person. From what I remember 10 years ago, you look better than you did 10 years ago. I'm telling you, it looks better than yeah. I saw you in the fall of 2010. Yeah, because, and again, you had that, whether it was from the drugs or weight, you know, the bloated yeah. sort of unhealthy face and yeah. that really it's gone so yeah. so good on you but another question i would have to ask you're independently wealthy we know that why do you want to come back for more because i love i love the city and i love i know what i did i was the best mayor the city ever had Con- against you know contrary to my one year hiatus um, from reality. From reality, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever, and what yeah. else are you going to say? And I, the first three years, <laughs> yeah, everything I said I was going to do, contract out the garbage, give the union deals, get rid of the car tax. I did everything I said I was going to do. And there was no nonsense. I had it running like a well-oiled machine. Tourism's up. Uh, the buildings were up with 125 cranes in the sky. I created an environment that people wanted to come to this city. And uh, I know it's not like that now. And I want to make sure it gets back like that. And mm-hmm. my wife supports me and the kids support me. And uh, we're having a huge Ford Fest on Friday, October 2nd. Isn't that kind of an annual thing you guys do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be big. This is, I, yeah, I want to come back uh, to you running again because there's a couple of issues that are sort of current issues that I, I kind of want to get your take on. Sure. But if I may go back to just one thing. So, you know, when we were all, all of us were kids and maybe we didn't have a good report card and, you know, we were afraid to show our parents. We've all had that feeling of having to admit, you know, perhaps done, doing wrong or being caught in a lie. But I wonder, and again, you could, you could say, well, I was in this uh, addiction crazy period. But when, after denying and denying and no video, when that story broke, and Kevin Donovan's a friend of ours, uh, when that story broke was... What was that moment you look at it and go, man, they, they, they have this video. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. basically, could you feel, did you feel uh, either trapped or horrified or scared or now what am I going to do? Or was it just, as you say, you don't, who knows, you're in denial all the time. I was in denial. And did I you know the video actually existed or you weren't no, quite I, sure? I still haven't seen this video. Right. Maybe you guys. I heard all you guys have seen it and everyone else seen it. I can't it. remember whether I've seen it or not. Well, I now. talked to Donovan. Yeah. And uh, I, I, he's sort of a personal friend of a friend of mine. And he said, uh, I said, I actually called him at home. I said, what, you, what is this going to be? He said, you're not going to believe it. But that aside, I'm more interested in how a person, because we've all felt that feeling of, oh, man, I've been caught. Now what am I going to do? I just, I got up in the morning and just went to work. Got back on the denial treadmill. Just kept going. 
Okay. What else are you going to do? No, I, I, yeah, no, you know, I know, but I it, well, did you, you have guys, strategy meetings like you and Doug and other people no, saying, <laughs> if this happens, we're going to say this. If that happens, we're going to do this. No, no? Just, no, just keep going and keep returning my phone calls and going to help people's houses. And, you know, you, you talk about family, too. Like, I know you were really close to your dad. If your dad had still been alive, do you think any of this would have happened? Uh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Because uh, just the type of relationship you you wouldn't have wanted to have disappointed him right probably yeah absolutely and uh, i'm a tough guy but that guy was physically yeah. tough he would have taken me outside and let's and, remind everyone who they're listening to because if you yeah. just tuned in all across we're live today i know this sounds crazy here in etobicoke rob we've built an empire <laughs> uh we're live on sirius xm radio around north america we got people living in chicago we got people living in vancouver and i'll tell you of all the guests we've had and we've had some big people in this studio alex lifeson and so on but in terms of the our american audience mm-hmm. They saw you on Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. and that's what I wanted to ask. I wasn't, I wasn't high on Jimmy Kimmel. Were, what, but has Jimmy Kimmel reached out at all since you've been sick and or well? Absolutely. Has he really? Absolutely. Good for him. Absolutely. And just said, hey, I'm glad to hear you're doing okay. Absolutely, yeah. He's done it a few times. A lot of people have. A lot of people that I would never think uh, came forward. And I can't thank these people enough. And... Uh, well, that, I, I, that makes you feel good about mankind, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because every single person, every single person has personal problems. I don't care who you are. What about, what about right. an arsehole like Adam Vaughn? Would he have reached out and showed You know what? I think Adam did uh, send me a card. Good. Yeah. You know what yeah. you said? Everyone has personal problems. One of the things I read, and it was somewhere in this year, because I, I, it's never left me, that the, the saying was, every person you meet in a day is struggling with something that you can't you would know nothing about that you that's that's uh that's exactly true there are people that go through life uh, in denial their whole life and they end up maybe dead or they end up in jail because it's the only two ways this goes (laughs) you can't be an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and doing drugs and think you're gonna get away with it you're gonna go to jail or you're gonna be dead um and there's some people that just seem to skim through and then they, something happens, they go to rehab. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty serious. And, um, and there's a lot of people that relapse. Um, Are you worried about that? No. Uh, I, 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 you said it so quickly, but is it, some, is it because of the depth of counseling you got and the belief system you've established? You're a new person. Uh, but every day you're working those steps. Every day. Every day, I just know I didn't drink yesterday. Yeah, I didn't drink today. I go home. It's just my whole lifestyle is. What about the list of people you had to apologize to? And was Phil on that list? Mm -hmm. Because (laughs) I think Phil owes a few apologies (laughs) to Phil. You need to apologize, Phil. Apologize to Mayor Ford right now, uh, for God's sake. Sorry, Mr. Ford. I'm very, very sorry. That's right, (laughs) Phil. How uh, dare you not apologize? Yeah, he. I've apologized. I don't know how many more times I can apologize. Right. You know, and and people don't. You know, they said, "Oh, you." You know, you've heard, we've heard the story before, this and that. So, you know what? I don't even, now that I know, I've never felt this good in my life, ever. Good for you. I'm clear-minded. I, and for me to go out and well, say... Well, I can see it in your eyes, Robbie. Yeah? You, you do. You, honestly, you look like a different person. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, years ago, it was commonplace for people to have a bottle of liquor at their workplace. And then, of course, it's not, not so much anymore. Did you always, like, have a bottle of vodka in your, whatever, in your desk at City Hall and then have a snort during the day? No, not, at City not, Hall? not no. during the day. Never no? during the day. Really? Never. No one can say I was drunk at City Hall during the day. Ever. 
So those stories about the going back there late at night and having parties. Oh and no, stuff. yeah, I went. Oh, back that, that, so that I'm happened during, okay. working during, during working hours. During working hours. But again, back to what Eileen yeah. and I were saying, like there's a there's a level of functioning alcoholism mm-hmm. um, that doesn't show up until after you're able to maintain your equilibrium. Because I was like you when I was a kid, I, I used to think of alcoholics as having to get up in the morning and drink all the way through the day. But mm-hmm. that's not that's what not you it. were. That's not you were as you described earlier when you came in. You were the if I'm going to have a drink, I'm going to have a forty ouncer. Absolutely, I, I could kill a forty, no problem. I want to get back to the way really? I really easy. Wow. The way you look, and, and I mentioned it when you came in. Fred mentioned it halfway through. But what I see when I look at, and we've this isn't the first conversation we've ever had. But when I look into your eyes now, there's a clarity mm-hmm. that wasn't there when you were running, and I and I'm just looking through pictures that wasn't there the last year of your office. So with this new clarity, um, I want to ask you a question: If you were mayor now. Because this is some of the stuff that our buddy John Tory's going through. But uh, if you don't mind, I want to ask you, like, okay, if Rob Ford, in Rob Ford's Toronto again, where would you come down on something like Uber? Because it's very contentious for the 10,000 cab drivers that work in this city. I've uh, supported the taxi industry from day one. They do a fantastic job. There's very few complaints. Um, we get compliments, and, the, and they're the first line when tourists get off the plane. Where do they go? They jump in a cab or wherever you go, and they are friendly. They know the city. Um, I, I'm a capitalist, so I believe in competition, but, you know, um, I, I'm going to support the taxi industry right through. But here's the thing. There's a, a, not that it's a conflict of interest, but those cab plates, those licenses, that's all city money. There's t- I, I was talking to my because I'm an Uber guy now, and I've taken it all over North America. But the, the guy that drove me uh, back to my car last night, I asked him, how many cabs in the city? He says, about 10,000. How many limos, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, well, so what is the complaint? He said, because the, the, the city council doesn't want to give up that. I think it's between 1,000 and 2,000 in revenue right away from those 10,000 cabs. Is that any part of it? No. Well, it, not only that, it's just fairness. What it costs to license a cab that Uber is getting around. How is that fair? They don't have to have a license. They yeah. don't have to have the proper insurance. Well, that what is it, Rob? What does it cost to, to put a cab on the street now? Oh, like yeah, yeah, no, tens the, of the, thousands of dollars. These, these plates that they're called. Yeah. Are literally no two hundred thousand. Okay, so they're, Uber doesn't have to do that. So if you're a cabbie, it's like, well, you know, this isn't their whole fair. family's yeah. done it. They pass it down yeah. to the kids, mm-hmm. and now these guys are coming along and doing the exact same job, but they don't have to pay the overhead that a taxi driver does. Although the guy that drove me back, like, there's different levels of Uber. There's Uber, sort of the basic one, but he was uh, an Uber black, and he actually also has a limo. He, mm-hmm. he 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 just does the Uber to make extra money in his car. So the car I was in last night was licensed it had a cab license and he's already he's already done that level of of taxi uh, due diligence but there's just you know when you say tourists people are getting to this city from all over the world mm-hmm. and they're going to their uber app it's just a reality of so as mayor you're going to have to figure out a way to make it all yeah. work you're absolutely right you're absolutely right like i, I why isn't it just illegal if you don't have a cab As you say. That's what I'm saying. Why does Uber have a different set of rules than the taxis? And And they do the exact same job. Yeah, don't get me wrong. If I can get half price like you did last night, I'm all in. fare is so much cheaper. But I'm just looking at if I'm a guy that spent $200,000 on a plate, how how is this allowed to happen? And I'm still sort of mystified on how it continues. And then, because course, I couldn't sell liquor illegal if I wanted to. It right? all comes second, down we to can't the mayor. sell liquor illegally. Yeah. 
<laughs> it all comes down so how to the is mayor. that different? If the mayor, mayor is a huge supporter of Uber. He's, no, but a lot of mayors in a lot of big cities are huge supporters of Uber. They so, just are. It's it's like, it's, you know... And they might have a level playing field in other cities. I'm not uh, quite sure. Yeah. But in Toronto, it's not a level playing field, and it's not fair for these uh, taxi drivers. And that's the bottom line. You know, th- there might be a solution, ultimately, whatever that is, but... Uh I can just see how the scales are sort of tipped against them. But the, the, the example yeah. I used last night with this guy, I said, I don't understand where the insurance problem, because that's another issue yeah. that they're, are they, do they have a liability or not? And I said, if my friend Fred texts me from the GO train at Union and said, hey, can you pick me up and drive us to this meeting we had to go to last night? And I say, yes. And he gets in the car and I go, oh, by the way, I need 10 bucks for gas. How is that any different than what Uber's doing. When you renew your insurance and, and you do a profile, they always ask you, will this car be used for business? Exactly. And and that's what he said. If you no, then you know what? You're asking for trouble. And how they tell is if you, I give you a ride and I give Rob a ride mm. and all of a sudden they go, okay, well, how many, you know, how many kilometers did you put on this thing? What? There's 100,000 kilometers. But, in- but not only that, if I'm in your Uber car and I Uber. get hurt, you don't think I'm going to come after you on some level? And then the insurance company gets involved and go, this wasn't a friend in your car? No, I, well, I'm not his friend. He's an happen. Uber driver. We're especially not friends so, now know, because he was playing around doing hijinks while I was driving. And you know what? I'm surprised that so far there hasn't been an incident it's like that. Happen. A major. Oh, yeah. Sure, it's going to happen. Without a doubt, yeah, it's going to happen. All right. See, um, I'm, and I'm not pro one or the other, but... Um, You have to argue that there wouldn't be a need for Uber if some of the cab drivers had better reputations, were doing a better job, because there are a lot of them that don't pick people up for certain fares. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. So, so, I mean, there is a need, even if it's regulation, and that ousts Uber. If I were Beck's taxi, and that's a good point, if I were Beck's taxi, Beck's taxi, Beck uh, Beck taxi, um, as I showed Fred, the, the, the genius of Uber is how convenient it is. And, and if I were them, I'd start to, I'd say, okay, if you want that, if you want to know when we're coming and how, where the cabs are, maybe they develop something because in this smartphone centric world, it's part of the charm of their service that you have access in a convenient way. Well, that'll probably be one of the positives that comes out of for the, with the cab companies. You're so, right, because they'll probably hop on that. So. Let's, uh, what you've gone, because we've only got a couple more right, minutes. The only thing I want, yeah. Because I don't think you talk about family and everything and how strong your wife has had to be through all this, too. Absolutely. They say behind every successful man, there's a strong woman. Is that because, again, uh, having been married and some of the stuff that was said and done, I often often I thought of what's Rob's wife going through? How does she deal with this on a day to day basis? That's uh You'd have to talk to her. I can't speak for her, but I know yeah. we support each other through thick and thin. And again, you know. Um, but she must be thrilled with the new Rob Ford. Mm-hmm. She's oh, got to be. Absolutely. Because she's got her husband back. Absolutely. How did she like the the whole pussy thing? Yeah. How did, how did she receive that? Huh? Okay. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Look at him. He's laughing. Because no, I that, know, was, that was significant. We've all got women in yeah. our lives. And if I said that about my wife or girlfriend, <laughs> yeah. she'd be like, excuse me, um, can I just talk to you for a second yeah. about how much you're eating at home, sir? Yeah. Or won't be for oh, You know what? <laughs> I said to Howard, you know, a bunch of guys in the bar, that's a great line. Mayor of Toronto, yeah. maybe not. You did may you, have caught him off Did you walk through the door and go, by the way, Rob, the 
buffet is closed for some time. Yeah. No, not at all. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the first, it's the first time he's been uh, blushing since he walked in here an hour ago. Yeah. Um, no, but that's quite, uh, obviously, it's been quite an adventure for her, so. Yeah, no, so she's a sweetheart, and mm-hmm. uh, the kids, my mom, everybody. It's mm-hmm. and, I, and I owe an apology. You want to apologize to me? I owe you guys an apology for lying and, and covering up, and you know, and doing that. So you can call me, and I heard you guys call me every name under the sun. Not I us in particular. I, I, <laughs> but I will say one thing: is, I deserved it. Here's a genius move on your part, um, because in in a way, because you've been so um, completely open about what you've gone through. And as I said, when you were going through the worst of this, I, I said, God, I just wish somebody in this camp would say, Rob, this, our genius move is going to be go to rehab, lose weight. Harry's back, fuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do that now. And in a couple of years, it's like you shake an Etch-A-Sketch and it's clean. Because there's nothing anyone can say to you, bring up or use against you, which is pretty unique for a politician in this next campaign, you're like... It's a almost, thousand, thousand it's, pounds off my back. It's like you're... T- oh, isn't it, though? Because every time I'm waking up, you know, I'm talking to my chief of staff, this and that, and we're, you know, we go over there. I, I know, I know it's not going to be fuck. Where were you? Oh, sorry. It just, it's okay. Sorry. Where, where were you last night? Well, there's another video out. I don't. I don't have to worry about no. that because I said, you know what? what and coming clean on everything, there's nothing they can they have, use against you the next time. Don't you agree that that's? Oh, yeah. It's like I know this isn't a word, but it's Teflonic. You've got <laughs> nothing can stick to you now. No, I just made that I up. I like that. Thank you. And you know that was the. Uh, the thing about David Letterman, remember his controversy when he was screwing around with his staff and everything. Instead of denying it, denying it, right away he came yeah. out and admitted oh, yeah. it, and it was forgotten, moved on. And that's that's the key for you now. You come yeah. clean, you admit everything, you apologize. Yeah, everything that uh, you've accused me of is true. Now let's run the city in four years. Yeah, yeah three absolutely. Years. And that's what I'm doing. And, I, yeah. and I'll go over and I'll talk about it and... You know, share my experiences. I'm uh, going to be a guest speaker at a rehab with a lot of uh, people, and so I'm going to give people inspiration. Yeah, you. I can just see you looking into the camera uh, when talking about detractors, opponents, or people that don't like you, and you can safely say, you know, ye, thee without uh, sin, first Let, yeah. go suck a bag of D's, mm-hmm. because uh, I... You might be paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. That's not a biblical yeah. passage. I just smiled because you were talking, I just flashed on one of my favorite Rob Ford moments, and again... Which one? He must have wait, a, dude, a no, book is, on it. No, this is my favorite, and again, if uh, all of a sudden you sober up and you look at the video of you running around the council chambers knocking the old woman over her. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, or that was my brother was in a fight up in the stand, so I had to get there, and she was. And you told you dug in, man. You no, came, acro- you came across on. the line. <laughs> she had she no chance. It. it was an accident. I it. know, but it was funny. It was an but again, when you're in that position, everything you do is used against you. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's well, it happens a lot with Stephen Harper too. With the most. <sighs> You know, the, the most innocent things yeah. turn into an issue. I know. Well, sure. And then you just move on from well, it. Well, yeah, they'd be mm-hmm. innocent. Uh, 
if it happened at, you know, say a board meeting, but when you're the mayor of the city and you got this running around. Also, mm. when you were dancing, I love that too. That was great. Um, we should probably get Kicking some, the football too, that was fun. Yeah, we should get some video of the three of us doing a little dance, Humble and Fred hanging out. Uh, and Still a uh, Rob better Ford. than both of you. Uh, Rob Ford, uh, he's, gonna, he's a counselor. I don't know if you Americans understand what happened was... Uh, Gave up being mayor, but he got uh, elected to council. Been a councillor as long as we've known him. Another thing that I remember when you first uh, came on our show was uh, you sort of shamed the other councillors for, you know, just blowing money on stuff that was sort of, even though it was only thirty and forty thousand dollars. As your and one of the things that I think resonated with everyday people is that's a lot of money to everyday people. They were blowing money on getting. I think one of your issues was this: how much we were spending on having the uh, plants, yeah, watered, watered. yeah, eighty thousand dollars, and, and all this. It was just nonsense. They're getting their lunches, and I'm thinking, hold on, the average person doesn't, doesn't. get a free lunch, doesn't get all this stuff. And how do you, you argue down, with that? You break it down in layman's terms. People don't understand billions of dollars. As soon as you start talking, oh, our budget's twelve billion dollars. Forget it. People tune out. Yep. Right. When you start talking about free lunches, free trips, uh, taking your family here, there, and free you know go to the mm-hmm. zoo for free go to the extra free go everywhere and now you know these poor people you know are working hard just to make ends meet and we're getting it for free and we're making 120 grand a year no i know and that, that. Yeah, that's right and that that whole entitlement thing within city hall and you nail it it's like Joe Average goes to work. Nobody buys his lunch. The taxpayers don't buy his lunch, or they so don't. When I get to work in the morning, there's not a, a table. There's not a table full of muffins to eat. That's like, right. what's that all about? Uh, and and we got rid of all that. Yeah. Well, of course. And what was genius about it at the time, and the reason it sort of, again, this was sort of 2001 when we started at the other talk station. What was genius about it was just what you said. People can relate to that sum of money. Because for a lot of people, forty or fifty grand is mm-hmm. what they make, and when you come out and say, you know, they're spending forty or fifty grand on muffins and fern maintenance, they lose <laughs> their shit. Because most people, I, I totally agree. When you when politicians start talking big issues, big numbers, people go, that's uh, beyond my understanding. Exactly. Exactly. What about my, one last thing? We're going to let you go. We got to we're going to wrap up our show here on Sirius in about a couple minutes. There were people that you were associated with during those times, and you look back on it, and the, the Lisey's and some of the, the characters, almost from a, a Sopranos episode. Um, is, is, is that going to haunt you, do you think? Is that one of those things that might come back and bite you in the ass? If people want to go down that road, I have no problem talking about it. Like I just okay. did for the last hour with you guys. I have mm-hmm. no problem. Uh, if they want to go there, let them go there. I, I, I can't change the past, but I can definitely <laughs> control the future. Beautiful. And it just takes one day at a time. And before, before you know it, you're up to like uh, 18 months like I am. And we're, we're, we're doing... You know, when it comes to politics and, you know, you can meet a lot of arseholes. There's a lot of people, I think, disappointed in this. The Absolutely. fact that you're coming clean, you know what I mean? Because it's hard to beat up on somebody that's saying, hey, have, have a little mercy. Yeah. Or, and you hard know? to beat up on somebody that's saying, hey, I agree with you. I did some yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. I'm moving on. So it's like, oh, the, there, well, there would people all be almost disappointed because the punching bag is no longer there. Absolutely. Yeah. So people that come up to me and say, oh, I got to tell you my story. I got to yeah. tell you my story. Because mm-hmm. you find out, as we said, everyone's got a story. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, listen, before we say goodbye, let's just broker a, a little deal right now because I know you're super impressed with uh, us. I, you always have been. <laughs> um, I don't know what's going to... First of all, let's get a Humble and Fred t-shirt for 
the uh, for his former his honor. Uh, I don't know if we need a key to the city. We'd certainly like something. Key yeah, fob, maybe. Uh, maybe Rob, a, yeah. a t-shirt. You want a small now, right? Yeah. No. That's right. <laughs> Humble and friendly. No, are you? Is the, the dramatic point? one-on-one interview. Yeah. You've been listening to a special presentation of Humble and Fred two-on-one with Rob Ford. Sorry. Do you plan on losing a little more weight? Oh, yeah. Good for you. Okay. Yeah, I got long ways to go, so... Mm-hmm. Hang around here for a second. I, I, on behalf of both of us, it was great for you to come in, and, and especially yeah, knowing the kind of dipshits we are mm-hmm. and can be. But how, how impressed with you are on our new little thing that we're doing. Well, That's cool, different, huh? yeah. Hey, hey yeah. shunned by... I, 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 lost, I, I lost track of you guys, tell you the truth. Yeah, we were shunned. Rob, shunned by the corporations. We created this ourselves. Not bad, eh? We're the oh, Rob Fords of radio. Hey, what's your listening? Like, how many people listen to you a lot? Can you get... Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. lots and lots. Yeah. Crazy you amounts. Have, you, do you still have the SUV thing you're driving? No, I got a caddy. Oh, do you? Yeah. Have you got serious XM inside? I have it, but I didn't. I didn't. I'm not paying that oh, much. Well, because oh. well, you know, you couldn't Jesus afford it. You needed Christ. crack money. Um, <laughs> listen, thanks for coming in. I'm gonna let's get some pictures. We're gonna give Rob a big hug and Eileen say goodbye. I'm Toronto Mike. I produce Humble and Fred. If you want to hear more of me. I host a podcast called Toronto Miked. If you go to torontomike.com and click Notable Guests at the very top, you can cherry pick an episode and just check it out, see what you think. There are plenty of Humble and Fred episodes to choose from. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And don't forget to help keep the show going by licking them. <clears throat> uh, liking them. Like and subscribe.